talking Dice Masters, the beauty of the underlying mechanics, the hidden complexities, and the strategy, tactics, and decisions of competitive play. If you're just starting the game or have been here since the first set, hopefully you'll find something in this show that'll do you some good. So shake up your bag, reconnoiter your opponent, and get ready to roll. All right, let's get this show on the road. We've got a lot of ground to cover. So crank her up. Fair enough. Let's start off with some news. Since our last episode, WizKids has announced the dates and locations of both the 2020 U.S. National Championships and the 2020 WizKids World Championships. U.S. Nats will once again be taking place at the Origins Game Fair in Columbus, Ohio, from Wednesday, June 17th, to Sunday, June 21st. So come one, come all, to what is sure to be another great Dice Masters extravaganza. The World Championships will take place in the Graceland Exhibition Center in Memphis, Tennessee, from Friday, October 9th to Sunday, October 11th. And please note that they are planning to hold events late into the day on Sunday as Monday is Columbus Day, which happens to be a national holiday. So keep your eyes peeled for lodging and airfare deals as we roll towards those events. Also worth noting that on the announcement, there is listed a 2020 Rock World Cup taking place at the Lucky Dice Cafe in Huntsville, Alabama on August 20th to the 23rd. Now, the rock tournaments were fan-made Heroclix events that were officially recognized and sanctioned by WizKids last year. And rumor has it that they may be expanding into Dice Masters, so keep your eyes out for that, especially if you live in the southern states and might be able to attend that event. You can find a link to this National and World's Championship update in our show notes for this episode at... rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 210 for season 2 episode 10. Gehintach. The post also mentions to stay tuned for other 2020 National Championships that will take place outside of the United States. But even before that... We know that there are several things going on in the United Kingdom, specifically being run by our friends over at the Ministry of Dice. As we're recording this, there's going to be an MOD PDM, which is on the 7th, which by the time this airs will have already passed. But more importantly, on May 30th at the UK Games Expo, they are having another Dice Masters event and are asking players to get in touch with them and pre-register so that they can really deliver on this event. Shall we talk a little One Big Weekend? Indeed. As we speak, the final prizes are being fabricated by Ryan with Chris and Rob's Game Room and Jordo from DM North, and we're laying the groundwork to get them shipped out to all the locations around the world. Let me just tell you, the prizing is super cool. You're going to be bummed to miss out. And how many venues are we talking about? We're in the mid-30s, and the demand has been strong. Even though our original hope of being able to draft the new Infinity Gauntlet set at some of these events has been dashed by the harsh reality of the coronavirus pretty much stopping everything coming in and out of China. That being said, there's still plenty of new product to draft in fun and creative waves. Not to mention the wonderful variety of constructed events to be had. I'll write a post for the Roll and Thunder site next week with some possible suggestions for people interested in drafting the new Waterdeep sets or the WWE sets. A kind of primer on how we've been able to successfully do it here. But what about all the local venues? Where can people go to find info on those? Well, you know, this Roll and Thunder enterprise of ours isn't just a podcast. It's also a website, and I made a page with links to all of the current venues. You can find that page via the pull-down menus on our Roll and Thunder homepage 
or by going directly to rollandthunder.xyz forward slash obw-local. Like I said, we have about 34 venues out there signed up, and we're still more than a month away from the first events. So there's still a bunch of TBDs in terms of dates on the page. But here's a list of some of the scenes that have committed with a date and time for those of you thinking about traveling. In the UK, we've got Manchester on April 26th. At Shoreham and Sea down south, it's April 18th. Then in Portugal, we're talking May 2nd. In Canada and Mississauga, we're talking April 18th. And in Calgary, it's May 2nd. And as for the US, Racine, Wisconsin on April 17th. Cincinnati, Ohio on April 25th. New Baltimore, Michigan on April 26th. And the Twin Cities of Minnesota, May 2nd. Elkhart, Indiana on May 3rd, Ames, Iowa on May 9th, Frisco, Texas on April 25th, College Station, Texas on May 2nd, Culver City, California on May 2nd, and Orange County, California and Fullerton on April 25th. If we didn't call out your name, that means I don't have a date for you yet. If you can get that date to us sooner rather than later, it'll help us with all of the shipping logistics that we're hard at work on at the moment. And speaking of shipping, if you want to help defray some of our costs, please feel free to become a patron supporter, even if it's just temporarily. You can find the links at our homepage. Well, one last thing before we get onto the show. We want to welcome Jocelyn and Kim into the Dice Masters podcasting fold. It's great to have another voice on the proverbial airwaves. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Double Double and Dice on DM North. All right, you ready to pull back the curtain? Johnny. Let's welcome in a top four WKO 2017 finisher, a top eight finalist at the 2019 U.S. National Championships, nearly undefeated at the 2019 U.S. Global Escalation Tournament, runner-up in the 2019 World's 10x10 Tournament, the undefeated runner-up in the 2019 World Global Escalation Tournament. I give you Nick, the Earl of Jankdom. Thank you, thank you. It's nice to be here. Nick, welcome. Welcome to the Comforts of Rolling Thunder Studios here, my friend. Oh, it's it's quite cozy. I've got the couch. There's amazing pillows. Just kick back, relax. Shoes on or off, though. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. We spared no expense. Jeeves will be coming around with his amazing vacuum cleaner, too. He'll use some damage and clean up after you anyway. <laughs> Can we can we get you anything from the Luke and Lounge bar? Um, I'm sipping on some green tea right now. That'll be fine. Excellent, year, excellent. Well, Nick, we we've been wanting to talk for a while now about you know the designers of the game have always built with certain what they called player archetypes in mind. It reminds me, Dave, a long time ago on the old Reserve Pool podcast talked about how in Magic they had created four archetypes and i'll link to that article in the show notes at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash 210 for season two episode 10 all right anyway so they they came up with this idea that that there are four four types of players is it four or three it's three isn't it it's four it's four well Well, there's there's like it depends on how many you choose because there's also they built more like the your stuff guy which isn't an original archetype of player but 
I mean, it is in the Dice Masters community. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you want to go over some of those, Lucan? Do you remember them? Uh, sure. So there's the Spike, who is the very competitive player who plays to win for the most part. They bring their competitive combos to the casual event. And when it's the actual competitive event, they spend many, many late nights figuring out what they want to do for that. Then you have the Timmies, who just want to get their big thing out. They, they want their eight costs. They, they want their Lulth, so they don't care what the Lulth actually does. They just, they just want it. Uh, then you've got your Johnnies, who are like the brewers, and they want to figure out the craziest combos that they can think of. And, and they, they just want to see their combos fire off. And if that, that counts as winning for them, even if they actually lose. And then there's also the Your Stuff guy who plays with Your Stuff. <laughs> I think there were a couple others which were Dice Masters only. I can't remember that, but uh, Nick, off of the top of your head, have we forgotten anything here? Uh, no, those all sound good. Though sometimes it's hard to just pigeonhole yourself yeah. into one. Yeah. yeah. There definitely are cross combo. You know, there's Johnny Spikes, Timmy Johnny's, you know, Your Stuff I, Johnny's. <laughs> I, I change by the season. Yeah. I mean, it's always great when you can go in and spike with a Johnny because. When they just don't see it coming, it's so much better. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I think rather than pigeonholing ourselves into these archetypes, perhaps it's better just to think, I think the designers think about these type of players when they're building the sets to make sure they have cards that'll appeal to all four of those quadrants, you know, and... Including the year stuff guy. In, including the year stuff guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the Lokis out there. But on this episode, I really wanted to talk about some of the cards that were designed specifically with Johnny builders in mind, who would go out of their way and you know you see these cards there it's almost like WizKids has thrown down the gauntlet to somebody and say i dare you to build with it and today we're gonna pick up that gauntlet and say i accept the challenge and that's why we thought who better to have on the show than the earl of jankton himself nick wally right <laughs> so so we're gonna just walk through some of the sets and talk about some of these particular cards that have that this was thrown in the set for johnny if that's all yeah. right with you so I think the key to a good Johnny card is something that, as you read it, it looks detrimental to yourself. Right. Like one of the cards on the list, Parademon for Dark Side. Yeah. While Parademon is active, when a player draws one or more dice, deal one damage to that player. So you're going to draw dice too, you're also going to be taking that damage. Yep. And so it gets into the difficulty of how do you mitigate that. That one comes with an easy mitigation since it's just damage. There's the classic of Bishop. Right. Yep. And then suddenly they're taking it and you're not. Right. Yeah. But then you also got to find a way to make sure you're doing more than just their drawing at the start of turn. So maybe throw in some Tabaxi Rogue, Heist, those sorts of things. See, how can we make that happen? So... If you can force them to draw, and you're just sitting back with Bishop, you could have a nice laugh as Parademon does his thing. Honestly, I think if you stack Tabaxi Rogue with Parademon, I think you're out-damaging them enough to the degree that you might not even need Bishop. You know? <laughs> yeah, that does put it into the 2 to 1 ratio, which is better. I mean, that's what made Vicious Struggle Luke Cage global work. Yep. You took one, they took two, you win. <laughs> you mind if I talk about a, a combo which I have been salivating over for some recent months. Oh, go for it. So it is with the uh, Gazer Tiny Beholderkin. This is the one that says, when Gazer is KO'd, you may draw two dice from an opponent's bag, place either or both into their use pile, 
return the rest to their bag. That would work with um, a parademon. So it would work the way. well with the parademon. <laughs> it also works well with Tabaxi Rogue. You pair that with Uncommon Absorbing Man. Now you're drawing four dice, and they're taking eight damage. <laughs> you can also, for ramp, you can pair that with Grell so that you get to draw four dice and prep half of them and take out the dice you don't want, like those two sidekicks or whatever. With Nihilor, you can get this done easily. You can do it once on your opponent's turn, once on your turn, to KO one Grell and one Gazer, two Gazers, or whatever you need. And we used to have a Mr. Freeze in the game who was a rare who would just keep something frozen in the prep area so that it would never leave. <laughs> and I love that card. But this Gazer is basically the same thing for two because you can just force something into their use pile, then they draw, that thing gets loaded back into their bag, then you can use Gazer and put it back into their use pile. And that die is never going to see play. And you can do it for however many dice you want with Absorbing Man. You, you, you can control your opponent's bag cycle for them. And if that's not enough, you can pair that with the Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy, who puts a die from someone's initial draw back into the bag so that they <laughs> don't have a chance of drawing it in their initial pull of four. I smell a table flip and, coming. <laughs> like, I, mean, well, I know uh, Tabaxi Rogue and you go for the corrupt scheme. Yeah. But hands down, I think this Gazer is better than Sage. It is. Forget pulling three. You're, yes, you're going to lower the damage, but you get much, much more control over their bag. And that's probably the best part of the corrupt team was controlling their bag and dealing damage. Yeah, you can pair it with so many good things, like Rocket Raccoon works as removal too, because he can KO whatever two things are in the field that you don't want to see. It's it's very synergistic and very fun. <laughs> and you can use Resurrection. It will work well for you, because if your opponent wants to refill their bag, that means putting more power in your hand. Let's jump back. Maybe we can jump back to the beginning of, of modern. I don't want to go all the way back to the beginning of time here. Let's just start with modern. Let's do the modern janky Johnny card. So that speak. combo is all modern. Uh, well, so you, you were throwing in uh, the Mr. Freeze, but but other than that. Well, I didn't throw him in. I was just using him as an analogy. Uh, that was go. worse. Very good. Okay. Well, <laughs> let's jump back to the, like, the first set that's still legal as of today would be Doctor Strange. And there was just one card I wanted to talk about in there because it's one that doesn't get played very often. But I'm surprised it hasn't. And Nick, you, I know you had used this. I think you threw it out way back when, and, and when Doubles Burst was still recording. And that's the Eye of Agamotto. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Oh, yes. The Eye of Agamotto. I think it's the reside within yeah. the amulet. Yes. So Eye of Agamotto reads, when used, place this die on a basic action card, while Eye of Agamotto is on a basic action card. When you use that basic action, your character dice get plus one attack. Eye of Agamotto can be targeted as if it were in the field zone. And then it's got a nice global of pay one. The first action die you buy this turn is put into your bag. Yep. So that is definitely an amazing card. Pair it up with some of the modern Boom Boom teams. Yeah. Just anything that's relying on those basic actions. And now you can pivot from a direct damage to going into combat damage or both i mean it it really i'm surprised people didn't pick this one up when when throne brick came out this one screams drop one of these eyes on throne brick now the only problem with that is once you've done it it can work for your opponent too if they buy your throne bricks but you know this with yuan t on a throne brick and maybe throw in dragonborn sorcerer too and suddenly everything is getting quadrupled you know it's just mean 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 and it's not a lot of buys right yeah and i mean i suppose if you're afraid of them buying out all the bricks from you yep pair it up with something like investigation so you're at least churning the bag yeah and you're getting some benefit out of it p1 
Ping is another good one. It's got Boomerang, but it once again, it's cheap enough to where the opponent might just buy it out. Right, and you control your eye, so you can decide to throw it on either of those if you bring both of them. The ones that you own, throw it on that and do your damage, right? Yeah, I think you definitely want to make sure you have two good basic actions to go with. But then if you're doing Ping and Thrown Brick... Those are cheap enough to where you can pay that one and it's straight into your bag using the global two. Right. And there's isn't there another eye that ups the damage by one, too? Like every time you use the action, you do a damage as well. Am I misremembering that? Because that would be another good card. Oh, there is one that, once again, you place it on a basic action. And then when your opponent uses the basic action, I will deal one damage to, to them. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Okay, so that doesn't quite work as well. Yeah. Which maybe it's a backup plan to prevent them from... Using your using bricks. your eyes. I mean, that's always the trouble with the Boom Boom team. Right. Is you bring brick, and brick is just so good for Everybody. any team. Yeah. With Clayface, a lot of it is just who goes first and is able to get those bricks is, is half the battle, you know? Yeah. I forget who I was playing, but they brought the, is it Banshee, that when you draw a yeah. basic action, yeah, that, rare that it deals two damage to the opponent. Yeah. And so the trouble was they were also running the Supreme Intelligence and so it was fine. I'll just use it and prep it, use it and prep it. I never drew it. Right. So you got to make sure if you're bringing those tools to try and counter what they do to you, don't bring the tool that in also helps counter <laughs> yeah. your counter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't bring uh, misdirection if you're bringing the rare blob, right? <laughs> <laughs> And there was also that, that mindless one from that set, that two-cost mindless one that does damage to yourself when you field it, who's got the big stats. I mean, he would work well with that bishop pairing that you had talked about earlier. Yeah, I think bishop pairing or similar to how Jordo played Kate Bishop recently, just Wonder Woman, yep. prevent fielding. Yep. So you're preventing that damage. Going back again before the current modern, there was also the vicious struggle play him he's a fist for luke cage yep field him he does damage and you increase parity again there you go yeah yeah also like speaking of vicious struggle i know this is kind of skipping far ahead but we're popping around it's fine um <laughs> care to talk about chaos warp like is well, there a we're more gonna get there. efficient hold way on, to kill yourself on. okay <laughs> we're get there we're getting to chaos warp i promise <laughs> okay right, well back, let's let's do so let's move on to the next set there was one card in turtles i wanted to talk about because okay. I think it adds a lot of hijinks that people forget about. And it could be a fun team. And that's the Karai, Dark Lineage. While Karai is active, sidekicks cannot attack. And this could be a very, very helpful card if you are trying to do some of the fun fun combos that can go off with this card. It's, it's too slow to use in the current meta, but you know, for a fun casual night, it can lead to some fun hijinks. Yeah, there's definitely some hijinks there. Maybe pair it up with Ragnarok or Zara Colossus exactly. where you can field and KO a bunch of sidekicks for damage. Yep. And maybe you... stall out with the newer blob with Intimidate. Capture all of their sidekicks. For sure. You capture all of them with that and you get plus, plus, plus. And then you slam through with that blob, right? And then they, they have to keep their sidekick still in the field because they can't attack. The other one you could pair it with is that doppelganger, the five-cost doppelganger from the uh, Spider-Man Maximum Carnage set, that when they roll a sidekick, they have to field it. So their sidekicks get totally stuck in the field. And, and then that can lead to, to one of the most frustrating combos that like has Joe Vega's name written all over it if he hasn't already <laughs> thought of it. But it's 
I have the team here titled as Toxic McSult Bagburn um, <laughs> you're gonna have to clear that one. I can't put that on the air. Oh, my okay. <laughs> well, anyways, you can just put the beeps over it. Anyways, <laughs> it's probably the most frustrating team that I could think of, and it kills your opponent using Bagburn. So, like, you use Instant War to make them field all their sidekicks with Doppelganger to make them field even more sidekicks, and use a common blob that takes all the sidekicks. So now they have like significantly less stuff in their bag cycle. Did I forget to mention that this team is like positively not very useful? <laughs> but if, if you want to make someone flip the table, it's it's good for that. I mean, there's always that achievement of can you kill somebody by bag burn? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I think the Karai, that doppelganger could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had some thoughts with the doppelganger too, because it does say when it rolls a sidekick, field it under your control. Yeah. So does that mean you roll the sidekick, I get to field it? Yes. Well, it, well, for, for, and then it returns at the end of turn. To right? their so field zone, but then they can attack with, with it. Jubilee. Yeah. Yeah. For field sure. Field a sidekick, ping them when they're rolling them. Yep. Yep. Then the combo's not done yet, though, because you also get to add Beholder and Hella, and that's like the Joe Vega part. If you have the Beholder, then you get to use the Hella Global for free, and then you can target whatever they have in the field zone or in the use pile, so then you can take more things out of their bag cycle. For the bag bird aspect of it. Yeah. <laughs> mean, mean, Yeah, mean, I mean. saw Joe playing that at Worlds during Global Escalation, and it was just, it was profound what he was doing to the opponent. I don't know if he was getting much traction, but... I'm pretty sure I would not want to be playing against that. Well, I mean, he, what he was doing was he was he was doing it, I guess, the comparatively kind way, even though at the time it did not feel very kind. <laughs> but what he was doing is he was just using Collector to field Beholder. No, no he wasn't. No, was he, he was not. He was using Parallax. He was using Parallax. So he'd field the Beholder, and then he'd get rid of all the stuff in your field zone with the Hella Global. And he'd hopefully and parallax he'd ho- off ho- his hopefully beholder. Hopefully parallax off his Beholder before that. He'd oh, use the Parallax Global right. first to get rid of the Beholder, and then... He'd use the Hell Global, get rid of one of your things, and parallax it back in. And then by the time the last Beholder had been fielded, then all your stuff is gone, and he'd swing, he'd through. swing through. And that's a lot of damage. And that's how he yeah. would do things, because you, you just can't get set up. Yeah. Well, the other card I want to talk before we jump past Turtles was Hamato Yoshi, who is a really pretty good card, and people overlook him a lot, but especially when... Doomlance came out, he actually becomes a source of some pretty serious damage. He says, when Hamato Yoshi is blocked, deal half of the blocking character dies A, rounded down, to target opponent. You know, he's got wimpy attack stats, but you could flip him. And so, with, with Bizarro or something, I mean, he's got a, he's a 127, 128, 139. So, you know, you load up their field, you knock out a lot of sidekicks, and other stuff, you're doing all that Doomlance damage, plus half of their A. Not too bad, right? Yeah. I mean, the trouble with that is then if you collect and you knock out a bunch of their sidekicks, half of that is rounded down to zero. <laughs> oh, well, no, it does say minimum one. Minimum one, so there you go. Never mind. Yeah. That's... So it's yeah, it, you know, maybe some Doomlance there. Some Doomlance action there. Not, that's not terrible, you know. It's just a card that's hasn't been played that that's definitely playable, I think. Especially yeah, on that level three side, you know, with one three nine, that's pretty mean. Always that trick of getting to the six cost. Yes, it is. You can play some tricks if it's cheap, but otherwise <laughs> you gotta spend half the game just getting it getting in. there. Well, there are easier ways now, but he may not be the six cost you want to reach for in oh, that case. Yeah, right? I have plans for some easier ways. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep that in your back pocket let's talk about it all right what do you say we jump on to the iron man war machine set all right 
think there were two cards that stuck out to me in that one. All right, let's hear about I've them. Always wanted War Machine Roadie to work. Oh yeah, fast when War Machine KOs an opposing character die with combat damage, deal two damage to your opponent. Burst, he gets plus one attack. Mm-hmm. And so the burst is only on level one, but that changes the level one side from 2A to 3, so he's at least a 3 3 4 attack. Makes, so he's right up to level two anyway, so you might as well roll him right at level one, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, the real benefit is probably going to be if you can force the blockers, which if you go back to Turtles, there was Casey Jones. Yep. And you can force a bunch of sidekicks into blocking him. He's going to deal the damage first. Great. Maybe pair it up with some Cone of Cold so that you can force more to block because there is a new force block global in Booker T. Yep. Pay a shield. It's not limited to once per turn. So save up some shields. There's not very some, much uh, limited about that card in any way. <laughs> that card's a no, good card. <laughs> I'm glad there's a force block back. But I'm also afraid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah force yeah. block is so much better than force attack. Well, they have totally different functions. It's in- interesting, you know. I uh, think both are very excellent. It would not do to besmirch the grandeur of the force attack either, <laughs> which is also very excellent. But yes, the force force block is quite potent as well. Yeah, for sure. For an aggro player, it's right on the kisser, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what would you like to pair with this with besides a force block? Is there anything else that jumps out to you to think, okay, this card is screaming to be played with this other card? I mean, there's always hypervelocity, which mm-hmm. is inset. I think that's even a picture of War Machine on it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yep. I mean, force people into attacking. Yep. You can easily attack. And, yeah, if you aren't attacking, then you're losing two life, which, once again, life loss gets around Bishop. Yep. And, and Doomlance works with this card. Anything that makes people block that doesn't work quite as well with Booker T because you could – I guess you could. As long as you had a bigger field, you could make them – or if they had a bigger field than you, you could make stack up a lot of their guys against him as well with Booker T. So yeah. that could work as well. Yeah, And that fast is just amazing. Yep. Because then you can deal the damage first. I think Cone of Cold might be essential there. So you can make sure you're dealing enough damage. Yep. I mean, he's a four cost. So that a four, four cost has tend to be a number which has worked out well with some of our newer cheapening tech like Kevin Owens show or yawning portal or really just anything you name it for costs tend to work pretty well with that sort of thing. And they even worked well with like older combos like Clayface and Cree captain. Yep. So he's, he's not that hard to get out anymore. Like when he first came out, people were shying away because they're like four costs for two damage a turn, maybe four damage if on your opponent's turn as well. There are better combos, but it's pretty good now with all these ways to get things a lot cheaper. Yeah, I think in fast is better than you think it is. I know Michael Lee and Shadowmeld put this card to good use when it first came out, and I'm thinking there's even better uses for it now that are escaping me at this moment. With I need another I cup mean, of coffee, with, but <laughs> with the coming overcrush season of WWE, yeah, if you can throw in fast and deal that damage before they can overcrush, yep, get them off the board before it's huge. Yeah, that's good prevention. Yeah, this also works great against things like fix it. You know, because if they ping up their fix it, you hit them with this, KO it before it can do its thing. So. It's, good. it's a good preventative card, too, in terms of not just being an offensive weapon, but uh, a stopper, so to speak. All right, you, you had a second card in here, too, you said, right, Nick? What what so, else have you got cooking? I think any version of Jarvis 
just seems like it's going to be good. <laughs> or it's got that itch. But the one I've got here is Butler. Uh-huh. When fielded, deal X damage to target character, where X is the number of character dice you fielded this turn. Uh-huh. And it's an ally. Yep, I know so who you're screaming. Me, yeah. <laughs> it's an ally, so why not put Atlantis there? You're going to be churning through the bag. And then you can throw on a Yawning Portal. You can get there, too. I think the main drawback is it's deal damage to target character die. Right. But that's the big issue. But he's an Avenger too, right? So it works if you end up using Avengers ID card and he's clearing the field possibly and getting plus two, plus two. He makes He's, he's dealing damage to one character. Well, yeah, but if you're feeling it's, a bunch of it's them. It's good single target removal, like, especially with Lita. Yeah. And and, and then you I could mean, do, like, more stuff with that, with Atlantis and... That Avengers like, ID uh, card, man. And, and Black it. Widow, like like Nick mentioned, and Avengers ID card, too. And he's also got that zero fielding cost across the board, so that's attractive, too, right? You know, I mean, and then a three cost, you can buy a bunch of them, and it's an ally, it's going to trigger Atlantis, so... You could easily be fielding all four mm-hmm. pretty quickly, take out four different targets, open the field, and let someone big come through. Yep. I like also it. Also to note, the Chief of Staff could be fun. When fielded, gain X life, where X is the number of character dice you fielded this turn. Mm-hmm. With so few options to gain life, that can be huge. Pairing that in with Atlantis once again, throwing Yon in Portal, because this time it's a five cost. That's a bit of a problem to get there you know while we're talking about this i also want to think about that aj styles there's one aj styles who would work really well on this team as well on the on the fish teams and he's the one that when you feel the character each aj styles gets plus one so if you're fielding a ton of people and clearing the field if you had one of him in there as well he'd get pretty pretty beefy i think that's uh, that reminds me of a better way to maybe do it okay i'll yeah. one up your aj styles with oscar yeah that would do it too if you had old enough masks yeah sure you she's go. a mask yeah jarvis is a mask there you go she although gets plus one and yep. she's going to discount jarvis down to a one yep or a three in the case of that life gain i'll do yep. you both one better there's a harley <laughs> quinn from the harley quinn team pack that gets plus two plus two every time a character is fielded and she's also four cost and she has much better fielding costs than aj styles isn't she only when a harley is fielded no it's while harley quinn is active when you field a non-harley quinn villain oh each Harley Quinn die gets plus two, plus two. So that's not going to work. Was there the a Blackheart that did that too? I mean, there have been a few cards that get the plus one, plus one. Asuka's at least cheap. Yep. AJ was, what, yeah. a forecast? Asuka would definitely work with these mass characters yeah. like Jarvis. So that's an interesting pairing. That's cool. Moving on to good old Batman. And we talked about the Parademon a little bit, but is there any other thoughts you want to, now that we're we're here walking through the list, any other ideas with that Parademon for Darkseid? I mean, I'd, I'd be hard-touched not to bring out one of my favorite cards and set uh, the Uncommon Parademon. Yeah. Just put him in there with some Swarm. I love pairing him with Darkseid. Get swarming through your entire sidekicks. Mm-hmm. That's always fun. Yep. Definitely effective. I know Lucan had a card from the Batman set that he loved to play. And I think with some of the new actions that have come out recently, could be really cool. And that's the rare Riddler from that set. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I, I used to love to do that with one very specific golden combo, which a lot of people have played. But that was the Satchel of Unlimited Weaponry Rare from Deadpool. You, you have the one-cost bat signal, which is a continuous basic action, which pairs very well with the Satchel of Unlimited Weaponry, which, when you play it, does two damage for every continuous action die in the field. So 
what you would do is you'd use the Riddler. Which reads, when which fielded, reads, okay. you may swap the purchase cost of two of your non-basic action right. dice. So you field him, you swap the satchel, which costs five, with the bat signal that costs one, buy up four satchels on your third or second turn. You could even do it on your second turn because we had Rip Hunter's chalkboard back then. And we have Rip Hunter's chalkboard again now in the form of Becky Lynch. So I'm pretty sure you could get that done on your second turn even now if you were lucky. Unfortunately, Satchel is no longer legal. Legal. But and it only Satchel works was a card I miss. Yeah. It was everybody misses a great it. card. And I think there were better cards for it when Guardians came out. Yep, yep. And even now, I mean, geez, there's a whole bunch of great cards for it. So, yeah. So, But he was a fun card. And, and that Riddler, you know, allowed some of the shenanigans with five-cost non-basic action actions oh, to, like to the, see play. Like the kiln? We'll I have a there, soft spot yeah. in my heart for all three kilns. <laughs> They're all excellent, each in their own way, including the Uncommon. Which might be the most excellent of all. <laughs> In terms of crazy Jack. <laughs> Anytime I think killing, it's always about that two cost, the tax, and just say, I'm not going to play characters this yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that five cost is me too. It's man. a four cost. It's a four cost. Is it a four cost? It's a four cost. That rare. Even better. It's yeah. also very mean with the satchel team. <laughs> and the, yeah, un- the uncommon Troy is just... Worlds was doing the rare with his tactical team yeah, yeah well, as the, i played against that unfortunately it was like punching at air and uh and the uncommon is just mean it's not mean in in like a, a way that's like in the context of the game it's just kind of a mean thing to use in a social context <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's talk about randomly effective but Troy played that card I think he based it off of something that Yesco had played I'm not sure which maybe one of Chris and Rob's game room and tournaments but he paired that satchel with that kiln the rare kiln and he was just gobbling things and it, it had this kind of tabaxi-esque feeling like it was going to do you damage and hit you with a kiln and hit you with the, the satchel and meanwhile you're just swinging at air trying to get things in the field it was a really effective and fun play yeah it, it reads continuous at the start of each player's turn that player moves a character die from their field zone under the kiln at the end of each player's turn if there is five or more dice underneath the kiln send it to the use pile and return all dice under the kiln to the field zone and and so the idea is you don't play characters at all <laughs> And you just swallow all theirs up. Yeah, that gets just nasty control if you can run it. <laughs> yep. Troy ran it great. Jesco ran it great. So it, it's doable. And if it gets set up, it's really hard to play against. I think that's the key is it's got to get set up. Yep. It doesn't work against every team. But, you know, against the right teams, it really can be just hard to play against. <laughs> so is there anything else in Batman that you wanted to talk about? Or uh, I, do you ready to move on? I want to see some more gadget here come back. Yeah. I mean, question. I was probably trying that too much at the world's competition. I had it on my popper team. I had it on my <laughs> modern team. I, I want to see some gadget here come back and some more continuous dice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, there was also that, that super rare dove white lantern dove was a really good card that didn't see a lot of play, but you know, it's a good answer to a lot of these burn teams. And she was, the, you know, you can't use the question marks to buy her, but, while White Lunder Dove is active, whenever a character deals damage to you, deal one damage to your opponent. It seems like there's a lot of shenanigans in that card. You know, you, so you could be. I mean, it's vicious struggle. Yeah, it's vicious struggle. You know, on but legs. Like- and a lot of these White Lantern cards disappeared from play when... Uh, Katana Kat- left. Exactly, but now we've got a new version of Katana and Sting back. Sting. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So- well, and even better, the Kevin Owens show, because that just says swap. 
So yep. you can just put that thing into your use pile. There's <laughs> no concerns. Cost. Exactly. Yeah, really good. So that's something to keep in mind out there. If you're getting burned to death by somebody else, she can kind of reflect that damage. And there's also Talia al Ghul, the common. It says, while Talia al Ghul is active, your non-villain character dice may not attack. Or on the other side, only your villain character dice may not attack. This is super good back in the day with Guy Gardner, because the big caveat with him was you had to attack every single turn, so you had to time your stuff so that you weren't getting just one guy at a time, but you're getting like three or four. And with this, you can hold your guys in the field zone, because they can't attack. So you just hold them in the field zone. Or if you're facing, now that we've got this new Taunt Global, the new Bull Uh, Scott Hall. Scott Hall, sorry, yeah. Scott Hall's got the new Taunt Global, so a card like this can, if you're worried about your well-active pieces getting taunted off... Talia can sometimes come to your rescue. Yeah, although like when you actually need to win, she can be a bit crippling <laughs> if you don't have the resources to get her out of the field. That's true. But or you forget to flip her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, shall we move on to uh, defenders? defenders? Now? Yeah. Now they're defenders. Now not the mostly forgettable team pack, unfortunately. But there is one card in there that's useful. We were talking about it earlier with Karai, right? You know, if the Karai that keeps the sidekicks in the field, you could always put in that Iron Fist pulling punches, right? He's a five cost mask, again, who could benefit from Asuka like we talked about. And he says, when Iron Fist attacks, deal one damage to each opposing sidekick. While Iron Fist is active, your opponent is dealt one damage for each sidekick KO'd by this effect. So if you had that doppelganger Karai thing going and you're just kind of loading up their field with sidekicks, you fly through with Iron Fist after and do them a little damage for their, for their troubles. You know, I've got some ideas with that. Maybe yeah. with Asuka yeah. and then uh, the new Kane controlling a Hellfire. He's got a tune, but then while Kane is active, whenever an opposing superstar die, yeah. count sidekicks, is KO'd, deal one damage to an opposing superstar die. Right. So attack in with Iron Fist, KO a bunch of those sidekicks, and then deal a whole bunch of damage to... Something else. Well, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. And he's got some pretty good attack stats, too. So, I mean, he's a three... Three, four, three... six attacks. Yeah. So, you know, he can be punching through and... You're right. Doppelganger, Iron Fist, they're all masks. So Asuka, they benefit from that Asuka and, discount. And Kane. Uh, is a mask as well. DM Armada mentioned like pairing Kane with Staff the Forgotten One or the Uncommon Danger Room or something so that you can just play the action and then just walk <laughs> down their field zone KOing everything. Yeah, you might not strong. even need it with what Nick's talking about too because... There's even uh, Seething Corruption. Can't forget that one. Yeah. yeah. But you give it to your opponent too, but they don't have Kane, so yeah. it doesn't matter as much. <laughs> no, I've got... I've got a ridiculous idea for that cane card as well. Cool. But we can hold off there. All right. You want, we, we, can we want to save it till we get there? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. I mean, I think we're we're on cane now. I think you should just say it because I'm on the edge All of my right. seat. And I don't. I think that people might like forget or maybe if they're tuning out for one part and spacing and then they come back and then they're like, wait, what's going on? I missed the first half. But in any case, you should just say it. I mean, so... Somehow, I overlooked Seething Corruption, Staff of the Forgotten One, all of that with Kane. Right. And my first thought was Instant War. Oh, right. Field three sidekicks on both sides. Yep. And then you just ping off their sidekicks. Sure. Because you used an action, so there's your tune. You go down the line, ping off theirs. Maybe pair that with other cards instead of 
deal damage whenever you field a sidekick. Or how about that Lord um, X Contagion so where they're getting every time somebody's KO'd, your character's getting bigger. That's right? the one I was looking for. Yeah. Lord of Contagion, ping off all those sidekicks. All of your sidekicks are now, if you do it at the right time, you've got four <laughs> four sidekicks, yeah. three of them ready to come through. Yeah. You can just attack with those. Yeah, that's a really mean combo. I like it. <laughs> the problem with Lord of the Contagion is you can't use him with things that deal damage to one sidekick at a time unless you use like seething corruption or something because then each time you ko one sidekick the next one's going to have more defense however shouldn't it be at the same time as kane's and so you choose kane 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 what does then kane... lord of corruption but doesn't yeah. kane doesn't that count as like separate or is it all simultaneous well it's i think you gotta resolve a... all of it right well that's a good question well, it get... when active whenever an opposing superstar dies ko deal one damage to another opposing superstar die now that would put once you ko a sidekick then that puts into queue again you would use kane so you could but would lord be able to keep choosing kane before you choose lord of contagion in the simultaneous yeah that's interesting this is an interesting interesting ruling question because i've I've always loved lord of contagion but that's part of the reason why i stay away from him because you have to you have to like i've in my mind at least you've always had to deal like all the damage at once there was another rule on this it was regarding somebody getting defensive buffs and i'm trying to remember it now and i will throw it in the show notes when i get to it and i'll come back in the future and see if i can find it and figure it out but yeah there was a ruling that i think would apply to it but in theory i think you may be right here nick so let's assume it works that way for the time being but you know it's interesting I hope so. you know all i think now that we have oscar we've got to look back at all these cards that were or masks that haven't gotten played in the past and think maybe they could get played now and one of those is from also from the defender set and that's that three cost hellcat which now would be a one cost and she reads, when fielded, name a die replacing all previous choices. Your opponent cannot purchase that die next turn. You know, we've also got Nylor, so you could just continually field. And I mean, the problem with her is she's got that one cost, fielding cost across the board. So every time you field yeah, her. But, but if not, you can spend one to field and then one on Nylor's global, yeah. spend two energy to lock them out of whatever they Iceman, their, and that's their win condition. Exactly, right? I think that's. That's a net gain as you set up other things. Right. And maybe you put out that two-cost Cree soldier that makes fielding three costs or less free to field. There's you know, also Sasha, Banks, Sasha Banks that just reduces fielding by one. That would work too. So there's way, I think that Hellcat, you know, on a janky team might be, <laughs> that, talk about another frustrating I mean, card. If you've got a house ban on, on the rare blob, it's definitely better than Triple H. And it's also, it cannot purchase that die. So she could stop something like if somebody's bringing, you know... Oh, an uh, action. An action that's really crippling you. She works against that as well. She can protect your own thrown brick, even. She could. From your opponent trying to snatch up all your thrown bricks. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. I mean, everyone's always looking for things that's going to stop that green devil mask, and uh, she's a possibility. Looking back at some of these old sets, it's like... Why didn't I ever play some of these cards? Some of them just need these new new spins. Well, people tried that Hellcat back in the day, and they ran into, like, oh, it's hard to cycle. We didn't have Nylor at the time. You had to use Fabricate, and then your bag got clogged. And then For some know, of that time, we had blue eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but even then, but it was the fielding cost. It was just difficult. It was difficult to keep her cycling, and I think maybe you could now, so... Especially with the cheap... You can get a, enough of her. You're just stopping people from doing what they need to do. Nick, do you mind if we jump in before we jump onto Guardians? Before Guardians, anyway, we do have the rest of Spider-Man, Maximum Carnage, and I also want to talk about one card from Superman Wonder Woman that I think 
now, no one's played it before, but now is pretty awesome. And that's the old Steve Trevor, the man from Argus. And he says, while Wonder Woman is active, prevent all damage dealt to Steve Trevor. And in this day and age where we're worried about Overcrush, if you've had the chance to play against the new Becky Lynch, uh, you know who I'm talking about. You put the Child of Clay, who says you're... Child of Clay makes it so they can't target with global abilities. Oh, okay. But Reflections is the one that you want because then it it completely shuts down Becky Lynch because it makes it so that her when fielded ability does not happen. And it also gives Steve Trevor the stopping the overcrush because he doesn't take any damage. So and you can't ping him out because he's now now he can prevent all damage. So you can't hit him with a magic missile to get rid of him. You can't overcrush him. He's just going to stay there. You and, have to use some I mean, if you other type of ability. Really want to frustrate your opponent, especially if we're going against Becky. Why not bring Ambassador of Peace? Sure. Yeah. While Wonder Woman is active, players cannot use global abilities on character cards on their team. You can Becky Lynch global. Now they can't. <laughs> that would be good too. Yeah. So, you know, I think this Steve Trevor, you know, all these cards that prevent all damage, there's a lot of cards that stop Overcrush that are in these sets. Yeah. And he's just one of them. Everyone's played the other Steve Trevor that discounts Wonder Woman, who's great too. But I just wanted to mention him while we're kind of skipping and through the sets. Becky Lynch is definitely not the only threat to worry about now oh, yeah, yeah. Godcatcher coming around yeah with some overcrush on Godcatcher. well a little steve trevor throw there's, him in there's the mix a there. lot of good about steve trevor and and if he gets cycled soon which is likely mastermind serves a similar function that's true although not quite as well yeah and there's jopa from mm-hmm. one of the new D sets yeah at there's... least when blocking prevents damage and there's a dude from uh well there's dum dum dugan who's a two cost who allows you to ko a sidekick in his stead yeah. for him to take no damage and there's the guy from warhammer that goes down to only to one so oh, orc boy yeah not orc boy the uh orc boy also serves the same function though yeah that's true all right well let's jump into spider-man maximum carnage well i mean obviously there's the sonic beam she is clearly the now that's that's just we don't need to talk about that <laughs> um, uh, no jank there that's straight up on your face <laughs> yeah i mean what team doesn't run that and it's a shame because it puts so many other cards in the set Yeah, that were pretty good, just people forget about it. Yep. I mean, there's the Venom Corruptor. If mm-hmm. we're worried about Godcatchers, Godcatcher's a level one, and Venom Corruptor says, take control of target level one character die. <laughs> Return it to its owner's field at level one at end of turn. I mean, if they do something crazy like the two-cost upgrade Proton Cannon to give Overcrush, yep. eh, buy a couple of those, line up with a Venom, <laughs> yep. give their Godcatcher Overcrush, and oh wait, it has to be KO'd. <laughs> so I guess maybe that they aren't going to bring that one, yeah. just because it would Kill destroy their own Godcatchers. Yeah, but you could bring it, yeah, yeah you could bring it just, with Venom in anticipation of it. Or you can even br- if didn't have Godcatcher, well, grab some other level one and give it over Crush and a good old KO. <laughs> like, use it with Dimension Door so that you can steal their Godcatcher and then send it through and then it would go to their prep area, but since it's a token it, it just disappears. Yeah, well that's the thing with the tokens. I mean, it's this is a great anti-token card, right? And even if you didn't have a way to slam it through for big damage, just to get rid of it, you could always Nylor it once you control it and send it off to the ether. so... It's a sneaky good card, good old Venom Corruptor. Yeah, because you could you could Nihilore on your turn the, the Godcatcher, and then on your opponent's turn you could Nihilore the Venom. And then we'd also already talked about a little bit from that set, the Doppelganger Living Fractal. 
While Doppelganger is active, when an opponent rolls a sidekick die and it shows a character face, field it under your control until end of turn. At the end of turn, return it to your opponent's field zone. So we mentioned a couple of the combos there. Jubilee, just creating a bag burn team, using it with that Iron Fist. Uh, I'm sure there are more. Yeah, and with Asuka, I mean, reducing that five cost, which was probably the biggest detriment to it. Yeah. Down to a three. Suddenly it's playable. Yeah. Yeah, because you only need one of him, too. I mean, he's not really helping you that much otherwise but he does have his stats are zero two four one two five and one four six one four six okay yeah, so he's got decent stats yeah it's not bad for a three cost you know once you've made him a three cost with oscar <laughs> that's not bad at all <laughs> but like you have to get oscar first that's stop true. treating it like it's like just a, it now costs three because oscar exists like there are some small hurdles there are some yeah. small hurdles well oscar slows, slows you down a turn to get her and put her out and all that stuff you have so to roll true. her and i don't know i just it just reeks to me of the sort of thing that when you actually get to the the big tournament with oscar she just doesn't roll <laughs> right, right but that can be said yeah. of anything yeah, yeah. but there I are mean, certain cards where reason it, i don't play mimic ramp is exactly. i tried it and just couldn't get it to roll half the time yep. yeah yeah some people and are lucky so with that it's weird it's some people are lucky with that some people are odd I, you can I, say that it just won't roll for any card but there are some cards which feel like they just won't roll, and you. that matters so much more. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I yeah. played Becky I mean, Lynch, the man, yesterday in a draft, and every single time I tried to use her ability, the action would come up two. <laughs> and I had one that I finally set up for the win. It was a comeback from the grave scenario, and I pushed with her. And after having her roll twos all day, she rolled two again, and I just kind of wilted. <laughs> So you're right, there are certain cards that just, you know, they feel like they, they have it out for you. All right, well, shall we move on to uh, the Guardians? Guardians it is. All right. Great cards and Guardians. What card would you like to talk about first in Guardians? I think one of my favorite cards in Guardians is Yondu. Yeah. It's just got a fond memory. <laughs> Once I finally figure out how to make it work, it's just one of the best cards. All right, do well, you want to refresh everybody's memory on how right. Yondu works? So when Yandu is KO'd, Yandu deals one damage to your opponent for each non-sidekick character die in your used pile. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of time and effort trying to figure out how can you make this work? How can you use that as an advantage? Because just reading it, it sounds good. In effect, it's hard. Right. I mean, I was trying some stuff like the Xavier's School. It's an action that draw dice until you draw an X-Men prep one of those dice well just don't run any x-men so you shove it all into the use pile and so try it that way i think i tried uh, insect plague where you just draw out your bag put it all in the used pile but yondu was just ahead of his time (laughs) you pair him up with the hope summers and thunderbird thunderbird saying when thunderbird is ko'd return any other non-thunderbird character dice that were ko'd this turn to the field at level one hope summers you copy that text and so you can start fabricating and getting those dice back Mm -hmm. and so this is what i ran at the u.s nationals global escalation but yeah you run him with those two a fabricator and just try and get things set up because as soon as you can get him in the field with hope with thunderbird and i think you needed two other non-sidekicks in the field which i was using the one cost poxwalker you win yeah because you just fabricate out four golems and you deal three four five and six damage and then you can attack through with the undo and they have to block 
And if they do, he just gets knocked out. Right. <laughs> Again. Yeah, it's really good. And usually it's by the time you've got it going, it's a one-turn whammy. We'll also link to the show notes. You've written a nice article on it to give us the specifics about how the whole thing works in, in, in detail. We'll link to that in the show notes. The underpinning to this is the Hope Thunderbird linking and all the shenanigans that go along with that, right? In season one, episode nine, we, we also went a little bit more in-depth into it on site right? after the event. After the event. So if you want to catch a flashback to when the team was actually played first, uh, go back and listen to that episode. And I know uh, Laurier played it in one of the two-team takedowns and probably had a better polished version of it that wasn't just trying to set up as quickly as possible and it was brutal too yeah it's a fun 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 janky team and then you unlock the key there well that's cool that goes to show you how if you can stick with a card and work through it you can finally find how it can sometimes work all right any, any other ones from guardians that leapt off the page to you so to speak captain britain iron man yeah <laughs> it's got that super rare quality but it's how do you make it work I mean, first of all, he's the one of each energy, has to spend each, no question marks, but an amazing ability. Mm-hmm. When Captain Britain Iron Man is active, whenever you field a character die or purchase a basic action die, you may purchase a copy of that die for up to three less to a minimum of one. It's, it's um, use a basic action die, right? Not purchase it? Uh, Yeah, use. Sorry. So, okay. Yeah, so you've got something you want to use, a when fielded effect. All right, get a bunch of them. I tried to make kind of a machine gun effect going because this was back when Guardians first came out and you had Katana. Right. So you could Katana into nowhere. And so later on, Impulse, buy a Katana, use a question mark. All right. That means you fielded one. Spend another question mark to field another Katana. Spend another question mark to field another Katana. You do that a few times and you've got a full set of Katanas in the field. Right. Impulse, which was the key. Right. Because as soon as you buy her, she's going in anyway. You field her. So long as you used question mark. Right. That's cool. And then I think I even tried to run it with collector. Mm -hmm, Something to where you could collector in something and then buy a copy of it for one. Interesting. I I think they collector... I think they made that ruling on it. The collector ruling, I think, threw a wrench in the roadworks on that. I remember they were they tried to stop it somehow. Like well, you couldn't. They, what people were trying to do is they were trying to use collector to take one of their opponent's things and then use Captain Britain Iron Man to buy something on your opponent's side of the field. And yeah. they shut that down. There was something in the collector ruling. Yeah. I'll link to that, too. I think the collector ruling kind of stopped the collector Captain Britain hijinks. But um, <laughs> I may be wrong there. It only stops some of the more outlandish hijinks it didn't stop all of it <laughs> maybe i don't know yeah. yeah but it also works with actions too which people overlook so if you were to play a five cost action you know suddenly it would be three less or if you were to play a four cost you'd be getting it for one so if you have an action-based team he can be helpful there as well yeah i think when i was using it i was trying to use morph and morph and shockwave is one of my favorite combos mm-hmm. and so when you attack with morph you technically use the basic action so buy a shockwave for two right not bad yeah that captain britain iron man has been tantalizing to brewers for a long time i know true mr six has been after it for i think the name more than anything else but the ability is (laughs) again it's kind of like that asuka if you can get it out early enough it can be really helpful but uh, well and that was always the problem with it right because first you had to use nowhere with katana and that meant that you could get it out turn three but that still took like three buys and three turns now that you have the kevin owens show with becky lynch i think you could do it much faster maybe yeah 
All right, interesting, interesting. You do Kevin Owens show the, uh, with Becky Lynch that straight into the prep area, and the next turn you buy something that costs two, and then Kevin Owens it straight into the use pile. You have it on turn two. Two more cars than Guardians are worth noting. Yeah, Guardians was a real janky set. I really liked it. I mean, rest in peace, Cosmic Cube, beyond <laughs> yes. imagination. Yeah, that was may it rest in infinite turmoil. <laughs> I don't know. I I really wish like that sweet spot between Guardians release and Tomb of Annihilation before a tune was created. It was great. Yeah. You could change all of that paper cut damage into three damage and change something that people didn't care about into a win condition. That's true. Even then it was still a little bit whack. Take for example, if you had like Rare Colossus from AVX, you paired that with Cosmic Cube. Now you're doing five damage for every single character that you have in the field zone. It was stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just dumb. I mean, don't forget King Black Bolt. Yeah. Pair that yeah. up with Agent Venom, pay generic one. I admired that I mean, team. And, that and was there was, fun, and yeah. you you still had a tune in the game even before Tomb of Annihilation. It just wasn't called that. You had that rare storm from Deadpool. She had a tune. And people would just yep. use, uh, use it with her. So I think this card was worthy of a, of a ban even before you want to. <laughs> That's true. That just kind of exacerbated <laughs> the issue and made it more apparent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a tune just made it bad when that was everywhere. All right, you said you had other cards, though, you wanted to talk about it. You said that I jumped in, so. Favorite, Adam Warlock standing watch over Infinity. Oh, yeah. When Adam Warlock is KO'd by combat damage, move any character dice that damaged him this turn to his card when fielded and return those character <laughs> dice to their owner's field zone yeah. at the same level. This is falling into that category of take your stuff, make the opponent flip the table. Yep. The catch is just how do you pull it off? Nowadays, there's Doom Lance. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to block him. Cool. <laughs> I think before Doom Lance came out, my favorite was the overly convoluted Madam Web. Yeah. A2 and everyone has to block her. Yep. Nowhere that into Adam Warlock. And then just nowhere Adam Warlock into, I don't know, anything else. Because <laughs> those dice back. are gone. Yeah, exactly. You don't need him anymore. He's done his job. And especially if you start the cycle again, Madam Web and nowhere is a swap. Yep. It's not fielding, so they never get those dice back. And need we not mention that he's also a five-cost mass character that would work very nicely with Asuka. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so many of these. Yeah. Is Mask the janky energy type? I think so. I think it must Just be. Mask wandering. is good for yeah. a lot of different things. Yeah, but it, it is it, historically it is the, the most powerful energy type for just confusing things and it, also for spike things. Anything else you want to talk about on this uh, while we're here? You said you had another card, Guardians. As Thanos well. Eternal Might. Yes. He's another one of those that you just... You know he's good. You got to find a way to get it to work. Right. And the trouble of getting him to work is that eight cost mask. <laughs> yes. But as we've alluded to, Oscar would bring that down to a six. Yeah. You can try and use globals. There's also Kevin Owens or Page or Rock. The new Rock global could help too. Oh yeah. Did yeah. I did I mention that Page works really well with with Gazer as well? Because since theirs goes into the bag, you can make sure it never ever sees the light of day. You know, one of the things I was hoping to talk about a little bit. Was speaking of Paige while we're here, was pairing Paige with Heist. If you had a card that was like Riddler that would work with basic actions, if you could pair Paige with Heist, oh, that would be so beautiful, right? Because both of you get to pick whatever you want, and they're going to be really hesitant to pick one of their big beat sticks because there's a good chance you're going to be able to use it the same turn. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I mean, especially too, if you can catch them at the right spot with an empty bag. Exactly. That's what Page, I'm put it in the bag. Exactly. And then you play your heist. And I mean, and All with right. Gazer, that's not that I'll hard to that. do. Yeah, exactly. I'll take both like of them. Control your opponent's bag. Just so they'll, perfect. So then basically it forces them not to pick their good thing. And then you, you win, right? You just profit. So. Which page manager, each player may add one of their unpurchased dice to their bag. Double burst opponent's die is sent to their used pile. Mm-hmm. Instead, is definitely going to be a card I'm playing with. I've already used it with Morph. Yeah. When attacks, use the double burst. Cool. I paired it up the other week with Stompa. Who doesn't want a free nine cost Stompa? Right. Okay, hold on, hold on. I have a question. This is something I just came up with, so I don't have the full combo in my in my mind yet. But is there a way to field things during the attack step? Off the top of your head, collector is the only way that I can think of. Okay, that works perfectly. Thank you. So what you do is you collector in the Osaka that draws something from the bag and fields it at level three. So you page something into your bag and then. You use Collector to bring in the Asuka, who will field that at level 3 immediately. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Wrong order. You attack with Morph. Then you get to use Page for free. Then you Collector in Asuka, and then put, if your bag is empty, but when you did that, then you get to field that thing that you just put in your bag at level 3 for free. Interesting, okay. So that's like a hyperjank combo, which I'm sure you can edit together to sound (laughs) semi-coherent. All right, we'll take a look at that. That's cool. That's cool. I like yeah, it. I was running the Oscar that Stampa, and so I mean that's a great way to get around Page because you're giving them something with Page. You field Stampa and you just take it away. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, right. That's really great. <laughs> yeah, it is really great. And then uh, I was running another basic action with that from We, the Paul Heyman manager. Mm-hmm. He's got a double burst as well. Yeah. So morph great target and he says each player picks one of their dice in the field zone those dice deal each other damage equal to their cost if any die is ko'd that dice controller loses one life instead two life on a burst instead three life on a double burst And with Stompa. So Stompa's a nine cost. Come yeah, at me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so you get Somebody's both the... you get both the benefits of Crush Card Virus and one of those actions from Turtles. Yeah. I forget Reckless Abandon, I think it was. It's it's removal and damage and all that. Yeah, that sounds great. It's, yeah. And and don't I don't want to hear anyone else saying that wild magic is useless. <laughs> Clearly not. That's that's a janky card that I really want to have some fun with. <laughs> Back to the eight cost Thanos, Eternal Might. Oh, I know, yeah, we were talking about Thanos. Yeah, we yeah. were. We, 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 got, we got off the page somehow, but we were talking about Thanos way back when. <laughs> so, Thanos, I think one of the best pairings with him is a Kree Soldier. Yeah. There's Kree Soldier that says. When Kree Soldier damages an opponent, prep a die from your bag. Mm-hmm. So he's a cheap two-cost character. He's a villain. You're not getting a lot of damage out of him, but he does have Swarm. So you can try and get a bunch. Yep. You field him. You deal the one or two damage. You start prepping. It's going to start churning the bag and feel like you're under fire from a machine gun. <laughs> yep, yep. And if you could get a couple of villains out before, that old Kree captain, the one that gets plus one, plus one... You start chucking them, that can get pretty big. As long as if you got like three villains in the field already before you put Thanos in there. I think the key if you're going to run that Thanos, you need to play either misdirection or mutation. Right. Something to give you the swaps. To get some more villains in. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. I like it. Shall we move on to X-Men First Class? X-Men First Class has a lot of great cards. Yep. I don't think it has the jank factor like Guardians does. 
But one of the cards that does stand out to me is Danger Room. Right, the common. Reroll all active character dice, move any that show energy faces to their used pile, yep. return the rest to their owner's field zone. <laughs> and so yep. if you're re-rolling dice, there's a new Riddler out that mm-hmm. says... If your opponent re-rolls a die outside of their roll and re-roll step, deal them two damage. He would have to live through your re-roll, too, because this re-rolls everybody, right? You say that, but need I read the Shockwave Global for you? Ah, A1, target level one character die is unaffected by action dice this turn. That would work, yep. So as long as you can get a level one Riddler, Mm -hmm. which spin down stuff happens, right? then sure, I'll just keep my Riddler back here. And you can re-roll it all. Well, they've got <laughs> yeah. they've got actually coming up in the um, Avengers Infinity Gauntlet set. They've just got like an infinite pay one generic spin something down a level. Yeah. So it's and, and that all I think. Let me check my phone here, but I think that also applies to your opponent. But you know that Danger Room also works really well with that rare kiln we were talking about earlier, right? Because you're not putting characters in the field with that kiln anyway. And if you've got characters on the other side, if they've been able to get out enough characters kind of get around your kilns that danger room can reset the field in a hurry wait hold on a sec i just pulled up focus and yeah it's only your character dice but it's still interesting all right yeah i'm out of creative combos from x-men first class yeah i mean there was was the other straightforward i mean there's that rare polaris the mistress of magnetism when she's active when one of your character dice is ko'd you may pay a shield if you do return it to the field zone at level one and that's always fun for some good when ko'd janky shenanigans well you used to be able to pull stuff off with hush and alfred and all sorts of weird stuff and it was good fun but i guess (laughs) on to the next set we're like a third of the way through this not even yeah we're (laughs) we're gonna gonna push along here all right so let's go on to Tomb of Annihilation. What what are you thinking, Nick? I think one of the craziest cards to try and pull off is the Soulmonger. Yeah. I think the only thing holding me back from putting in utter devastation with it is I don't own that one yet. So if anyone's got one... <laughs> I may be yeah. able to help you out there. What, what, yeah. What's we'll, it say? We'll see what he can do. <laughs> but uh, at the end of this turn, move each of your evil character dice that were KO'd this turn to your field zone at level 3. On a double burst, deal two damage to target opponent for each character die to your field zone this way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know exactly what I want to pair with it, but take the new Waterdeep set. Tons of evil characters. Refreshing it. There's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. You got Ren I mean, especially if you can just get ten characters out on the field zone, KO them all, which there's easy ways to wipe the field. Yep. That's a win. And I know there's a lot of... Well, I you know, have to use Ren Tilly to get to the double burst, but anyways, what were you saying? I know people were using uh, the Batiris and Queen Grabstab with this to good effect, but that was before Waterdeep, so yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff in Waterdeep, I think. Have at it, Brewers, because that is a good card. That was the trouble with that card when we first looked at it, is there wasn't enough evil characters to really put it to good use. But Good news is I think most of the Zentarum, which thematically they are evil mm-hmm. most of the zentarum are evil characters so plenty of great options there to go through shall we push on on to thor yeah yeah thor u.s agent when fielded ko all your other active character dice deal one damage to target opponent for each character die ko'd by this effect mm-hmm. that was one that completely forgot about but i think there's something that could be done uh, once again using the hope thunderbird combo just start fielding him and you don't lose anything just deal damage to your entire field yeah based off of your field size we we're just talking about the soulmonger too right 
Yep, that's another way to do it. <laughs> That'd be three damage, yeah. Good pairing, right? Yeah, there's there's a lot of good things to come back from that. The trouble is that six cost again. Mm-hmm. Gotta find a way around it. And he's a fist, so you can't even use Asuka, so... And then he gets outshone by things like Norman Osborn, where it's just make everything a villain, yeah. deal the damage. Yeah. Or even super rare Boom Boom. All right, it's only active characters, fine but you're dealing damage for cheaper. The, right. the rock global creates physical pain to use, but if you really need something quickly, you can you can get something really quickly with it. Yeah, and rock global can work well with a swarming team, and there are a lot of fist swarmers, so maybe that's a way to do it. Just sacrificing it, it, it causes physical pain. <laughs> but not, not, if you're, not if you're running swarm. Not if you're running swarm. Then, so. it's, then it's cool. Yeah, and again, a lot of these cards that we're talking about maybe aren't the most efficient and the first choice of things, but but they're fun things to brew for a casual, less you know, super competitive tournament that will be fun. You know, like this U.S. agent is a perfect example of that, right? He's a good one for the local games. Yeah. A- anything else from Thor you want to give a shout out to? I think Thor's another one of those straightforward power sets. Yeah. I mean, there was the SPDR rare, the, the one that's kind of like Vicious Struggle on Legs, but I think we have, people have talked about that one a lot. There's, so. a, there's a super rare yeah. Thor, actually. I think that that was a super fun card to use. It was. Because it, it could just shut down all damage for turns. You could find a way to get him around consistently. It was just an, a, a shutdown on everything. It was excellent. Yeah, that's a good card. Yep, it is. Yeah, I yeah. think it's Dan Lowe from the Weekly Dice Arena loves playing that door like it's on his team whenever he can <laughs> it's a good card it's a good card i don't but... blame him are we moving on to harley quinn now yeah let's move on yeah okay. puts us into the non-collectible era yeah so what, what, what would you like to talk about run brick is the obvious people know about that right i'm a fan of target lock especially if you can get some of that gadgeteer nonsense going target lock them the entire day and heavy control <laughs> yep. then again i tried to do that in the popper at worlds and it was just too slow Mm -hmm. i was trying too hard but i think some of the harley's hyena cards could have some value while harley's hyena is active at the start of your turn both players draw a die place the die with the highest purchase cost into its owner's prep area place the other die into its owner's used file that's got some use thinking back to i don't know however many minutes ago when we were talking about page yeah if you page and put your nine cost stompa into the bag sorry then I'll just keep my Stampa and whatever you had goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it could also be a decent way to turn the bag that I don't think anyone's tried. Right. Just plan on running lean with some sidekicks. Get rid of your sidekicks. Get to your big things again. And this one was a screwball scavenger, I believe, was the title of this particular yes. Harley Taina. Yeah. There's also Poison Ivy Red, who, again, it seems pretty straightforward. And this combo is, I guess, a little bit straightforward. But you just pair that with the uh, Yellow Lantern Ring and Doom Lance or something like that. She can deal like a lot of damage, and she stays around. So it's a good balance between field presence and damage. It's, yeah, it's I think strangely Doom Lance is the good combo there. Yeah. Because you're clearing, she's staying great. I think that Poison Ivy Red is also going to be a good counter to the Godcatchers. It is, yeah. Because it's got Deadly, it's not going to die, and Godcatcher can't avoid Deadly. Yep, yep. All right. Are we ready to move on to Warhammer, though? Yeah, let's do it, yeah. Let's skip over Avengers Infinity. I don't think that there's really anything there that we need to talk about. <laughs> All right. Nick, have you got right. anybody from... We've already talked a little bit about Lord of Contagion. And... Yeah, I think Lord of Contagion's good. 
I did see an interesting combo from Ben with that one. What was his combo? Uh, he played Lord of Contagion with Venerable Dreadnought and Instant War. Mm-hmm. And as it was Ben, he's got amazing purchase costs and game flow. I think he was pulling off a one-turn win in like turn four with those. If you had really good rolls and the opponent didn't field anything more than two defense. Because you could field three sidekicks on them with instant war, use all of your range to KO all of their sidekicks, then apply the buff. Now you've got at least 20 damage coming through. Right. Quite a, quite a bit of rolls, but it was a fun combo. Yeah, and that this is the difference between what we were talking about with range. It all fires off at once, so definitely all those sidekicks would be KO'd. With the cane, cane it might yeah. not be because it kind of runs down the line. Interesting. Okay. Lucan, can you read Lord of Contagion for us real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, sure. While Lord of Contagion is active, when a sidekick character die is KO'd, all other character dice get plus one, plus one, both players, until end of turn. It, it can be a very double-edged sword, because yeah. your opponent can use it against you. If you accidentally leave it out for a turn because you thought you could get lethal and you missed a roll, your opponent could just use it to, to smack you. That's <laughs> true. Eagle flap across the face. Yeah. It it's was true. my early counter to Venerable Dreadnought, though. If you could find a way before the attack step to KO a sidekick, suddenly all of your sidekicks have extra defense. That's twice as much that they got to get through. That's true. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's jump on. I know you had put Orc Knob to, to great use, your, your Orc Knob team. We, you had written an article, I believe, on that. And I'll link to that in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, that so. one's got an article plenty of fun with Orcs. Yep. So I'll link to that for anybody who's curious about checking that out. But let's let's jump on. On to... Justice. I believe it was Justice, yes. What, what cards would you like to talk about here, Dick? So one of the ones that came up was Gorilla Grodd's Scientific Genius. Mm-hmm. While Gorilla Grodd is active, when a character die attacks or blocks, deal two damage to it. While Gorilla Grodd is active, at least one character die must attack each turn. I think with the invention of some of the new globals coming up from WWE, the force block, the force attack, you just run those, force their cheap characters to attack on their turn. You were saying force attack is better than force block. This is one way to make it happen. Knock them out before they get a chance. And honestly, all versions of the Gorilla Garage there were great oh yeah someone in the weekly dice arena pulled off a combo he called surprise garage (laughs) i think that was Troy, right where he collected in the six cost garage that forces all the characters to attack yeah so you collected that on the opponent's turn and clear their field or he was also using it with the the hall of doom oh yeah the hall of doom to field it at the end of your turn yeah so you play hall of doom you field it at your end of your turn so it's past the attack step so then on their turn they have to attack their field is empty well, that, that's the one that you can't fight me. The one that forces everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're talking about here. Plus one. And I mean, the other one with strike and call out, also a fan favorite, yeah. but a lot more one-dimensional. Yeah, and, and, exactly. Well, the one that forces everybody to attack, you can use that with Odin's Fury. Say goodbye to him for a turn, but then he's back on your opponent's turn, conveniently. That would work, yeah. Cool. There's also that crazy Aquaman in the set, but uh, you know the one that, when he's active, when a character dies on a character face, moves from your reserve pool to your use pile at the end of your main step, you gain two life. A good card to keep in mind for any of the life gain variants that we've been running. That can actually add up pretty quickly. I think the trouble is that's a huge sacrifice that you got to find a way to bring it back. Yeah. Misdirection or mutation. Yep. You want it to go to used, and then you want to attack with it later. You know, yeah, misdirection-y stuff. Interesting. I think the trouble is you'd have to look up some of the rulings of, since it was on a character face in the reserve. Yeah. 
and then you moved it to the used pile. Does it actually move to the used pile? It does move to the it used. Does. And it's if one you, of the if you can get to, if you can get to the attack step. out of play, it just goes straight there. Oh yeah, yeah. But you'd have to get to the attack step. So, but like that was like an old trick that you could do with Adam, where if you want energy on one of your characters, and you can get it. You just wait for your attack step. It'll go to your used pile, and then you clay face it back in as energy. Get an extra mask okay. to use with Adam. Yeah, checking the wording again. It says when a character die moves from it, so it should be fine. It doesn't require aquaman to move it right because i think that would have been a weird back to fighting the move to use versus not right right <laughs> that's always a fun argument yeah do we want to talk at all about the four cost vast kingdom do you do have any ideas about that before we move on real quick atlantis he's one is draw every die in your bag place all drawn sidekick dice into your use pile return the remaining dice to your bag then draw and roll a die and then he's got Star Lab the Global. I mean, I think he could be there with some of the stuff like Carly's Hyena or any of the things we've talked about before, where we're saying, well, try and make sure you've got the better die in your bag, ready to draw, ready to go. That could be the way to do it so you don't get a sidekick. Right. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be the centerpiece of the team, but it's going to be the piece that makes something else work. Yeah. You know, it's one of those ones, place all drawn sidekick dice. If you really wanted to make your the new PXG work kind of helps with that gets all the sidekicks over there interesting okay are we good to move yeah. on to x-men let's move on x-men right. has some fun stuff it does can i go I, first i think yeah i think i know which card you want to talk about <laughs> i have i have two combos actually but the first one is uh rachel summers you pair that with the rare green double mask and hope summers and nihilore and then on your opponent's turn you can wipe their entire field and then on your turn walk through okay so, so what is the rare during green double mask so the rare it? green double mask is like brewer's dream it's very cool <laughs> it says, on your opponent's turn, if three or more of your characters are KO'd, return them all to the field zone at level three. So it doesn't include sidekicks, but it includes everybody else. So get Hope Summers, name Rachel Summers, says, while Rachel Summers is active, if another X-Men character is KO'd, KO all other characters except for Rachel Summers. And then you can, on your opponent's turn, if you have a Green Devil mask out, you can Nihilor, KO another X-Men, you could KO everybody. Well, Hope Summers retains her name, though. So could you could actually KO Hope Summers Shoot. yourself. Yeah, you would need a second Hope Summers if yeah. you're doing it that way. Yeah. But it would be an effective board wipe. Because you so, need to KO one and keep another active. And then all your stuff would come back at level three, and all their stuff would go away on their turn before they could even get to their attack step. So even if you don't have lethal on the table with all your level three characters that are coming back, it can be a very useful and frustrating way to stall your opponent. And I think, too, if you want to jump ahead stone cold steve austin austin 316 if at least one stone cold steve austin super die attacks and isn't ko'd at the end of your turn turn any of your other attacking superstar dice that were ko'd to the field zone at the same level as one of your active stone cold steve austin superstar dice if you can find a way to keep him alive you can also bring all the stuff back it's going to be rough though with rachel summers but there might be a way. Yeah, he's an intriguing card. Let's keep thinking about him as we march through this. And he's got to be attacking, so he wouldn't work with the rare green devil mask. <clears throat> we wouldn't need to because he does it himself, but it has to be on your turn. Yeah. Yeah, he would be a replacement for green devil mask. Mm -hmm. Anything else in X-Men that you want to talk about before we get on to that? Jubilee is nice. The Jubilation Lee, I know people have been playing with that. When Jubilee attacks, deal one damage to your opponent for each other attacking Bolt character mm -hmm. dying. Her problem's always been the fielding is bad, the cost, and trying to get all five of them. Yep. But 
there might be another solution. I think I saw Jordo running Yawning Portal. Great choice. I think the common doppelganger yeah. might not yep, be a bad yep, yep. idea. Because if you read through the giant text that is the copying guide, yep. if you copy her with doppelganger, doppelganger gets to count as a bolt character die yep. when it attacks. But he's also a And with Asuka, yeah. <laughs> you can reduce that purchase cost down to a one. Yep. And, and I can I can I can even do you one better. If you use that with Bifrost, the common Bifrost. Finally get to talk about this thing. <laughs> if you use it with a common Bifrost, if you can field one doppelganger or one Jubilee on your turn, and that would mean that you can field all of them from your use pile. Because when you field one that says now you can field another of that same die from your use pile, you field that effect triggers again it triggers again until all of them are out of your use pile so in one turn you can buy them all then field one with oscar yeah with oscar because they're all going to cost one right so then you field one i don't imagine it'd be that hard to do play the bifrost you field it then they all come out of the use pile in the same turn that you bought them straight into the field zone you can attack for like 700 damage (laughs) because they all work with each other it's just so dumb and i love it (laughs) yeah yeah that's a good janky team i like it all right cool Anybody else besides Jubilee? I mean, Hope Summers, yeah. we've mentioned. And Thunderbird. I think anytime you're running X-Men, you need to consider Hope Summers. For sure. Thunderbird, he's another favorite. Get around KOing your own characters. Mm-hmm. Though it doesn't work as well with the Rachel Summers that we mentioned. Because then if you KO everything, he comes back and he says return all character dice, which would include your opponents, yep. to the field at level one. Yeah. But certainly useful in other combos. Well, shall we move on to the new sets then? I think we should. Waterdeep it is. What have you got in store for us, Nick? So I think one card that stands out to me, and I was considering trying to hold back and hide it for maybe Nationals, but I think it's going to be too good if it works, mm-hmm. is Tyrell, Sword mm-hmm. for Hire. Yep. For all those control players out there, he's got experience, and while Tyrell is active, you may spin this character down one level if you do prevent all damage to you from an opposing character die. And so this should fall into that realm of damage prevention. Yep. So you could use it as an interrupt for, say, your Iceman character is dealing me two damage when you ping it out. All right, I'll spin down Tyrell, and your entire turn is wasted. Yep. Now the trouble is you got to find a way to spin it back up, which is where you can just throw in Zatanna with the fist spin up global. Yep. You start doing that, you can jimmy around and hold on until you can set up your team with just a simple one i mean you can let god catchers go through if you can find different ways to navigate that field i think he's going to be a bit of a hidden gem that no one's really talking about yet but Mm -hmm. he's going to be a great for those defensive players yeah he's a good card and didn't we mention he's a mask (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's yeah it's gonna be I, I salute anyone who has the courage to play control in this upcoming meta, because I'm anticipating a lot of, like, if you can't beat them, join them. Everybody just play and smoke them if you got them, hit him in the face teams. <laughs> yeah, but those, I think Tyrell could be the holdout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're going to play control. Yep. It's a big surprise, yeah. And yeah, the masks and spin them back up. Yep. All right, what else you got from uh, Waterdeep? We've mentioned Nihilor, but not actually as card text. Yeah, just global. Let's, see, let's hear it. Which one, one did you fielded, pick? One gain control of all opposing NPC character dice. Yep. Return those dice to their owner's control when one of your Nihilor dice leaves the field zone. Right. So it's just a permanent control using the Nihilor Patient Aberration. Mm-hmm. You're going to run any sort of janky sidekick shenanigans. Did we mention Karai and Doppelganger before? 
yeah. <laughs> right? You pair that with that Batman. Suddenly you've got all these sidekicks with that Batman that gives the sidekicks plus two. Ooh. Although cry <laughs> might be a problem because then they you got to find a way to get rid well, of her. Well, you just, then you just, you use Nylor. You use the Nylor global, get rid of her. <laughs> Right. Oh, problem solved. Problem solved. It's a all one-stop shopping right there. <laughs> of course, you do have to have three other cards. But, you know, if you can pull off that combo, you deserve it. I mean, just stealing all their sidekicks. And yeah. if you can keep doing that, and that might be another way to up the bag burn. Yep. Just steal the sidekicks, keep them on your side. Could be a way to do it. Yep. And he's a mask, by the way. <laughs> so more mask shenanigans. Now, if you want to flip the script and try and give yourself bag burn, I think that's when we need to talk about Jerlaxel, Shameless Flirt. Yeah, let's hear about Jerlaxel. Have you brewed anything with him yet? Not yet. I, I think he's too dangerous because mm-hmm. when fielded, you remove all NPC dice in your used pile from the game. Place them in your used pile when Jerlaxel leaves the field zone. He's got that other issue of being a six cost to get there and he's not a mask yep but if you can do it when you've got four sidekicks there that way you can keep churning and you know exactly what you're going to pick up every turn is whatever you purchased and a few sidekicks you're in pretty good shape nick what else you got in Waterdeep? we've mentioned gazer mm-hmm. great i think it's going to be better than corrupt Manchun. Yeah, which one? I know Laurier recently played Manchun rekindling the Zentarum. Mm-hmm. You use a global, you deal one damage to an opposing character die. That's a great way to get some removal. He has another version. I think it's Clone Wizard. When you use a basic action, deal one damage to all opposing characters. Yep. Throw either of those with Seething Corruption, and suddenly you've got a board wipe. Yep. You know, and you use it with that cane we were talking about earlier. This one, yep. you just you're going right down the board, and you know if you use Magic Missile or something of that ilk with him, it's two damage instead of one. So you know. Phew. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think the big issue is it's still all character damage, mm-hmm. but once again, you clear that field and run in. Yep. That could be good. Really good. Yeah. There's also Devil Star Song, Taproom Negotiator. Well, Devil is active. If you draw two or more non sidekick character dice during your clear and draw step, draw an additional die. Yep. To me, that screams swarm. Yeah, boy, you're going to definitely be drawing. It's a swarm enhancer, right? Yeah, maybe not as good as like putting queen grab stab on there for a swarm mm-hmm. but this guy is well no queen grab stab might have been evil too yeah i think she was but right. this guy's evil that could be a way to do it yeah i think putting him in with some modern swarm could be fun which we haven't seen much in well no Cree invasion had swarm yep it's gonna say if toa goes we might lose all swarm but not quite not quite yeah he is a swarm enhancer for sure that's what i saw him too and thought hmm, pretty good <laughs> You also had Silgar on here. You want to talk about him a little bit? Silgar is just an amazing character to begin with in the D&D realms. Because for those unaware of D&D lore, you've got Xanathar, which is a crime lord beholder, which beholders are insane. So why would anyone work for (laughs) an insane crime boss that could shoot disintegration rays and just kill you? Well, Xanathar, for whatever reason, mistrusts everyone but puts all of his faith into a goldfish named Silgar. <laughs> um, and so lore-wise, it's a goldfish. How long do goldfish live? But anyone who's had a kid and a pet probably knows that Silgar is not the same one. And so I just love that interaction that with Silgar, innocent fish, 
when KO'd by combat damage, you may prep a Xanathar from your used pile. Cool. But better yet, if you can get it on that juicy level 2 side with a burst, mm -hmm. if Selgar is KO'd by combat damage while Xanathar is active, deal 5 damage to target opponent. Yep. I think there's going to be some interesting ways, especially with combat damage and overcrush coming up. Yep. If you can set up that Xanathar and suddenly change their three overcrush damage into five damage from Silgar. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. Yeah, and with the force block now, like we were talking about from Booker T. Yeah, I want to use Haymaker on Silgar. <laughs> yeah. Just give him plus three overcrush. You're taking that, or you're going to KO him. And at a one cost, it doesn't get cheaper. Yeah, he, he screams to be, as a shield, he also screams to be like used transfer with transfer power. power or, or, and <laughs> just weird shenaniganery with god catcher take yeah. that 10 attack put it somewhere else yeah 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 he actually is a good really good anti-god catcher card yeah please put your god catcher out i will i'll take that and uh, slam it down your throat okay shall we move on to our last set here we're moving on to the mat so to speak with the wwe i i challenged you in the last episode to come up with something for kurt angle so any chance you were right. able to smoke something there? <laughs> so you threw down the gauntlet twice. You yes, also called true. out the Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and so hear me out. Because right. this is this is getting back into the realm of the KO King. All right. Where I need like five cards and a lot of energy to get there. All right. But you got to go for it. You get Stone Cold out. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what level. And then you get a collector in the field. Just attack with everything you can. Kirk Angle in from Collector. Uh -huh. When fielded, each player KOs all their superstar dice except for one. You cannot field any superstar dice this turn. Uh -huh. You KO everyone except for Stone Cold. All of your stuff is then going to come back because of Stone Cold's ability at the end of the turn. Yeah. And you've wiped all but one of their characters. I like it. You pair some of that up with some KO effects. That would be great. You can't do it with when fielded because Stone Cold says return. But you could also use the orc boy orc knob combo yeah choose to keep your orc knob in the field koing kurt angle all of your orc boys come back they get ko'd anyways but you're pumping up you can then swing through for a decent amount of damage mm -hmm. maybe bizarro and flip the stats heck tag out some of your orc boys because kirk angle brings you tag out yeah maybe you can get to 20 i somehow. think you could do some crazy combos with one orc knob that way yeah for sure or you could use maybe a card with retaliation that does whenever one of your characters is ko deal one damage to your opponent maybe you could try to set up an infinite loop where your stuff is always koing and then stone cold steve austin is returning them and they're koing again within the same attack step um stone cold does say at the end of your turn oh now. at the end of the turn yeah. oh all right then but that idea with Kurt Angle and the Orc Boy Orc Knob would definitely work, right? So Yeah, and in a field clear like that, heck, throw on a instant war if you can before that to get mm -hmm. more characters. And if one of the characters you KO could be that dupe, the KO dupe, you could get rid of the remaining die that they had in their field. Ooh. Right? So that's then a good it, call. So then it's an empty field. Then you just need Bizarro, flip Orc Knob, and bang you, you, you got to 20 for sure right so that's that's a good combo right there i like it smoking all right great anybody else Wayne? we've already talked about asuka and we talked about Asuka's going to be a solid card I, yeah. I think she might be my favorite just baseline card out of the set mm -hmm. she's really good kane's going to have some fun right right before we wrap up all this discussion we've talked about some of the basic actions but there were a couple of ones that we talked about that we said we'd get to at the end of the line so here we are let's let's at least talk about two of the crazy ones from the warhammer set 
Orbital Strike and Chaos Warp. Orbital Strike has been, that's been the one that's on my to-do list. Just trying to find a way to make that work and work well. It says, when you use it, reroll all your active character dice, deal damage to target opponent, equal to the combined attack of all rolled dice, showing character faces, KO the rest of the rolled dice, (laughs) skip your attack step this turn, double burst, instead of skipping your attack step, you may attack with only one character dice this turn. It should be noted that they ruled Orbital Strike does not work with Morph, because you would need to use Orbital Strike during your main step. Right. But... That's one that, it's like that Yandu. Eventually it's going to come to me, find a way to make it work. I've tried a few things. I think my favorite so far is if you use Hope Summers to copy Cyclops, Mm -hmm. that reduces the cost of your X-Men by one and gives all other X-Men plus one, plus one stats. Right. Then you can get to that, I think he's a five cost Cyclops, a little bit easier. Right. You can get him out. Now you've got a two cost reduction and they're all getting plus two. Right. Plus two. And then there's Cerebra, which is an eight cost shield X-Men character that gets reduced by one for each X-Men that you have active. Yeah. It has so huge if your stats. two other are Hope and Cyclops, then that's a four cost reduction. Yeah. So you can get Cerebra as your hammer to really go for it with Orbital Strike. And or you... while we're at it, throw in Thunderbird. I think that's going to be a key to it. Because if you KO your Thunderbird with Orbital Strike, everything comes back. Yeah. The other way that I was thinking you could do that maybe was use Momentum and pair that with a Mr. Miracle. So then when you use Orbital Strike first, you choose to proc Mr. Miracle and boomerang it and then maybe you'll go into the prep area then you have momentum in your reserve pool already from the start of the turn then orbital strike triggers everything goes either it triggers or maybe it doesn't trigger maybe you got unlucky and you just re-rolled everything onto energy face but then you play the momentum and then roll it all back again and 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 try again and momentum's a one cost so it's not too hard to do or you could use that gimmick that you were talking about earlier with shockwave and if long as cyclops and hope are on level one you just do your shockwave global before you play your orbital strike and at least whatever x-men come back are still gonna get the buff right yeah I was talking with Kim from DM North because she's also trying this one. Yeah. She's tried, there's the promo Wolverine that has regen. Yeah. And he's got a lot of attack for a four cost. That Colossus would be good too because he's four cost with a huge stats, right? Yeah. And the weird, what if he's got iron will? How does that work? <laughs> right, right, <laughs> um, right, right, right. We'll just yeah. not get into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I think I came to the conclusion of Orbital Strike might be best in a just general KO team. Throw it on as a spare basic action and use it as your Hail Mary. Yep, yep. It certainly has a Hail Mary quality to it, you know. And I mean, those are the cards that stick out to me. Like, this sounds fun. Yep, yep. Can I make this work? If it works once, you'll cheer. Everyone else (laughs) might cheer. Except for the guy flipping the table. (laughs) (laughs) How about about Chaos Warp? Have you figured out how to make that work? I love the the, the art on that card, you know. It's awesome. It's unfortunate (laughs) that the card is kind of... I've tried chaos warp in the last two team takedown mm-hmm. i got pretty far but i never actually used chaos warp because i had boom boom and people were bringing me better things to use it with right but the plan was to use chaos warp with morph okay because can you read the card what does it say chaos warp says draw and roll every die in your bag deal one damage to target player for each die showing a character face and take one damage for each die showing an energy face place the rolled dice in your used pile 
double worst afterwards place a die from your used pile into your bag mm-hmm. so i mean you could easily hopefully get two chaos warps going maybe if you're rolling the actions to prep one otherwise i was doing it with morph so it's a way to kind of churn the bag get what you want to come next mm-hmm. i tried pairing it up with a lot of just cheap characters in the end i think most of my other team was better because i had boom boom and big entrance to just lay down a lot of the damage and never quite got to morph to try and chaos warp it in but i was going to try and protect myself with bishop right but it's another one of those just fun cards like you want to roll the dice you want to go for big and odds are you're going to take more damage than your opponent just looking at this because all the sidekicks are more likely to roll so maybe something that said don't tell me the odds right but but maybe you (laughs) want to play those odds if you've got something that you want to do vicious struggle like stuff right i mean yeah i think joe vega has mentioned vicious struggle would be great with this Mm -hmm. maybe that Um, spider we were talking about speaking of i think if you're going to run one of those damage yourself tournaments yeah this is my go-to yeah it's good cast warp with morph just keep attacking and churn your sidekicks to deal four damage a turn that's probably going to be more damage than they can deal themselves (laughs) well there's also the the big thing which i think is overlooked about this card which in some regards makes it excellent is that it moves all the stuff out of your bag into your use pile and then you get to put one very select one back even if you're going to take a lot of damage for that you might get some damage to your opponent in the process but what you can do is you can use that with a super rare phoenix storm so you draw all the stuff out of your bag then you roll it all and then you can put it all into your use pile select that phoenix storm put it back into the bag and then use asuka to field her and then she comes in at level three i'm talking about the asuka that fields from the bag then she comes in at level three and then you can draw one of the things that come from your use pile that you rolled away with Chaos Warp, draw it, deal massive damage to your opponent and all their stuff. Yeah, but then it's going to be filled with sidekicks and stuff too, so that doesn't quite work. Or you could make the argument that this would actually put it into your out-of-play area, and then you could use something that you bought, and then that would go. Well, for the out-of-play issue, it needs to be rolled and stay in the reserve pool. Right. As this is kind of a roll to coin flip. I think it should go straight to used. I think so, too. It's still interesting. And you could also <laughs> use that. It works well with Osaka when you're trying to get your bag. Empty. It does. Maybe not with Phoenix Storm, because the, this, the, the backside of Phoenix Storm might, might not be as controlled as you'd like to have it. Well, I think uh, what you do is, since you've already purchased Phoenix Storm, you attack with Morph and Phoenix Storm at the same time. Morph your Chaos Warp, put something big in your used pile, back in your bag yeah then you use phoenix storm's ability to wipe out everything else well but she's when fielded maybe i'm thinking blink in between her yeah blink in between her is when fielded and when attacks okay but maybe that but maybe you collect her in no no (laughs) but you can't collect well you could collect her if you had one of every type (laughs) well i mean this is just getting better and better (laughs) (laughs) all right well let's quick run through the wwe actions too before we call it a night on this uh segment here the johnny segment yeah all right, so, so you've got four here, I think, right? Yeah, we've got a few up. Jerry Lawler, ringside announcer. I think that's one you've mm. got to be. <laughs> you should not bring that unless you know you're going to beat the other opponent yep. first. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, you bring Jerry Lawler, they bring Jerry Lawler. Yeah. You turn the eight damage top side of Becky Lynch from eight to 16 to 32, mm-hmm. and sorry. That's just going to hurt, (laughs) especially if you can force a block in there with Booker T. Pay a shield. He's got that global to 
target superstar die has to block this turn. Yep. So I think they're going to be a combo, and they're going to be on a lot of teams together. Yeah, for sure. Then otherwise, I think the two I'm most interested in. We've already talked about Paige. If you use her with Morph, mm-hmm. get whatever you want. Do give it to your opponent. So find ways to put cards back or stop it. Or, or use well, it with Heist. Your... <laughs> or just try to find yeah. a way to be able to make sure you win before they get theirs out. Or you could try to gazer it so that it never comes into play. There are yeah. ways. And I mean, regardless, if they get a, say, five cost or a six cost out of it, but you get a nine cost. Yeah. I think you're winning. Yep. And then Kevin Owens, we've brought up a bunch, but never read. Swap a die in your used pile for one of your unpurchased dice that cost up to two more. Burst slash double burst, draw and prep a die from your bag. So I think he's going to be an excellent one. Lucan, as you've said, you can get those weird four energy white lantern type dice easy that way. But I think you can also play it right. Once again, my favorite card, Morph. Get Morph on there. And because you would trigger the double burst, you can just use morph to attack, swap something you've purchased, and if you keep it right, get the draw and prep, cycle your bag using morph, and just use one mask with Kate Bishop or Distraction, whatever you want to call it. You don't need to bring Resurrection anymore. You're just using Kevin Owens to upgrade your dice turn the bag all with morph and kevin owens yeah that's cool cool mechanic i like it all right well nick thank you for taking a walk down johnny memory lane with us here <laughs> before oh, we went quite a walk it seems well before we let we go we want to give you a shot and for anybody who's curious we do a hall of fame Dice Masters Hall of Fame. You can find it at rollandthunder.xyz forward slash HOF for Hall of Fame. Very good. Yeah, so that'll give you all the details on it. But Nick, do you have anybody who you would like to nominate for said hall? So I think if you're one of those janky players out there Mm -hmm. that you got to wonder, does this actually work? (laughs) One of the best guys to go to, Paul Kushner. always around helping out with rules on the facebook group and the discord he may not be as active as he once was but if someone mentions his name it's like beetlejuice he's just going to pop up (laughs) be there and adjudicate and the past two years he's been at the u.s national championships always giving great advice and i mean everyone is happy with the way he delivers the rulings I don't see how anyone hasn't nominated him yet. Well, the reason I think he wasn't is because he's been on that kind of vergy line of between being retired or semi-retired. He's sort of still sort of in the mix a little bit, though I don't think he's playing anymore. So I would consider Paul semi-retired. What do you you think, Lucan? Well, I think Paul's an excellent, most worthy nomination. But we should confirm with him before we lock this in stone. Just in case he is actually still playing. We'll We'll have to check that. Future Arch here. Semi-retirement confirmed. Consider it a nomination. Paul Kushner, what can you say? I mean, he is a legend and everyone is eternally grateful for Paul. We had him on the show first season, episode seven, if you want to go back and listen to that. Paul, there really isn't a person more knowledgeable about the rules in the game. Literally wrote one of the rule books. So (laughs) he's really a great, 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 great nomination. So thank you for doing that, Nick. And and again, thank you for spending as much time with us and and talking about these fun cards. Hopefully 
this got the wheels turning for everybody out there listening and gave you some ideas maybe for things you might want to brew yourselves. Quick question. Rolling blunders, yes, no? Uh, sure, we can do it. Absolutely. Rolling blunder, blunder, blunder. <laughs> so you got yourself a blunder. You know, we asked the guests to throw out one of their mistakes or in-game errors that they made that they're happy to share with the community in, in the hopes that we all learn and have a laugh at their expense. So apologizing in advance, do you have anything that you'd like to say this about that? This one, I I remember, and I even had to go back because it got put on stream at Worlds, and it's completely my fault that I came in second in the 10 from 10 mm. to Ben. All right, there was a point in the stream where I forget exactly the setup, but we were facing down Iceman versus Iceman, ready to go. He had shrieked my Iceman, so I couldn't do much there, but I had also brought some other interesting cards. And the trouble is, when you get so focused on your win con, when you forget the other cards you brought. Because there was one point in that match where I didn't have enough bolts to Geo his Shriek and then also deal enough damage for me to win with my Iceman because he was down pretty low. I forget the exact number. But had I kept the two fists from my attempted Novacore uniform to counter his Iceman, I could have attacked through, bolted out his Shriek, and then used the Pump Global on my Hulk. Right. And I would have had lethal. Mm, interesting. So getting so focused in on that direct damage approach you forget you can actually attack. <laughs> you know, that is a common one. And JT talked a lot about that as a subset of, of tunnel vision. And I, I know that has plagued each and every one of us. So thank you for sharing that. Now, had I remembered, we would have not gotten into the what happens when Iceman deals <laughs> lethal damage to Iceman right. debate. But, you know. It's easy, it's easy to have it. Yeah, I think that's the biggest fault of the Johnny player. Yeah. You're going for this crazy combo or some direct damage strategy. You just forget you can actually attack. <laughs> yep. And you probably had lethal a turn or two ago. Yep. Always check for lethal is one of the old sayings that uh, always applies. In all variations of lethal, I should say, you know. Well, we all make mistakes. I mean, yesterday I played a draft and I misread a card and built my team around it. And then to my chagrin, when I sat down to look at it, I was like, oh, this is not the card that I thought it was. <laughs> so yeah. these things happen. <laughs> uh, but uh, thank you, Nick, for spending some time. We really, really appreciate it. And if anybody's out there that has some other crazy combos that wants to get in touch with us, We'd love to hear from you at our contact page. RollingThunder.xyz forward slash contact. No apostrophes and no Gs. <laughs> there you go. Nick, thank you very much, my friend. Oh, no problem. It's been a joy. All right. Well, that's a lot to think about. Fortunately, we're about to rotate out a bunch of that. Yes, a big thank you goes out to all of you who like the show and have given us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. Again, check out all the upcoming One Big Weekend information at our Rollin' Thunder homepage. Shall we hit it and quit? Let's hit it and quit. Damage a rash gun wheel. Jiffy Midge and Chinchiv. Well, that's the end of Turn 5, my friends, and it's time for the final clear. We hoped you enjoyed today's show. 
You can find us at rollinthunder.xyz without a G or an apostrophe, where you'll discover all the links necessary to listen or subscribe to the show. You can also reach us by email at arge or lucan at rollinthunder.xyz. Our theme music was created by Jesse Weiner. We're in no way affiliated with WizKids, other than we love and celebrate the game of Dice Masters. So keep on rolling, August Narlagajia the Lao. We'll be talking again in two weeks' time with another guest. So stay tuned, enough said.